so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Marseille View. I'm Stefan and uh, for today's show we're going to do something a little bit different. So this is our first podcast since the season stopped. Um, we, we do have plans to, to review the season as we always do. We've got the TMV Awards will be coming up shortly next week. So do keep tuned for that. But before we do that, we've got some pretty big news over the weekend there with uh, OM signing a new coach in uh, Marcelino. Um, so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to talk about the coach, just a little short special episode. And I've pleased to say that I've got a guest joining me to give us some expert insight into our new manager. So Eduardo, who has been on the show before, um, some of your listeners may remember, he joined us last summer as well to review uh, some of our signings from La Liga at the time. So hello, Eduardo. How are you? Hey, Stefan. I'm fine. Thank you. And you? Good, thank you. And I'm really pleased uh, for you to join the show again. It's really appreciated. Um, I did say to you before about the opinions he gave us of the signings. I think we spoke about last year. <laughs> Luis Suarez and uh, Ruben Blanco turned out to be, unfortunately, very accurate. Um, and I was thinking about it recently, just going over some of the things you were saying. But yeah, so um, we appreciate your opinion. <laughs> Well, th- those were uh, uh, two very, very strange signings um, in terms of the size of Olympique Marseille versus uh, subs from Celta Vigo. With all due respect, uh, it didn't look like uh, those players were going to be very successful. I mean, they, they were not promising youngsters or something like that. They, they, they were tried and tested players who have not had not succeeded in, yeah, a, with Celta. Yeah, there's a there's a bit of a theory among some OM fans that the Suarez signing was some there was something dodgy going on there between uh, Marseille and the owners of uh, Watford because we had this uh, bat- court battle going on because we signed Papagay from them. Well, we signed him yeah. when he supposedly had a contract signed with Watford and there's some connection between the owners of Watford and was it Girona? I think yep. was the club that Suarez was from. Yeah, so some people think that maybe there was something dodgy going on there. Who knows? Um, I'm not one for conspiracy theories, but he's gone now, so it's okay. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about Marcelino. But before we do that, um, Eduardo, because not everyone will probably remember the show um, last um, summer, so maybe if you could just tell us a bit about yourself, your credentials, and why you're a good person to tell us about uh, this new signing. Okay, um, well, I've been writing about Spanish football since 2008, more or less, and uh, I started with uh, ESPN um, as a writer about uh, the Spanish national team, and after that, uh, about La Liga. I was lucky to to report on Spain in the most successful 
spell of, of the national team ever, basically from 2008 to 2012. Um, and then he had a weekly column with ESPN uh, about Spanish football first and then Real Madrid. And since then, I've, I've worked with a number of, of other media, uh, BBC Radio, um, some uh, in, in some countries uh, such as Brazil, Chile, and in, in Latin America, I've also worked with with different media outlets. So, uh, and I really enjoy watching football in general, not only not only Spanish football. Fantastic. So hopefully we will get to learn quite a lot then about this new coach. Um, by the way, am I pronouncing his name right? Is it Marcelino or yeah, Mar- Marcelino? Yeah. yeah. I'm usually not correct to that, so that's good. Um, so yes, yeah, so he's he joined at the weekend. I think he signed a two-year deal. Um, last managed Bilbao, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just firstly, like, how highly is he regarded by yourself and across Spanish football? How is he seen? Well, I have to say, uh, Marcelino is a great coach. Uh, I mean, this has nothing to do with last summer signings. This, this is. Uh, as far as Spanish managers go, uh, he's probably top three right now. Um, and he's uh, he's a guy who's built his uh, managing career from the bottom. Um, he never played for a top-level team, which usually makes things a bit easier if you want to go into managing career. So he, he played for Racing Santander and Sporting Gijón, who are two clubs that have been uh, spent uh, being promoted and relegated uh, along uh, the best part of the last uh, 20 years. And in the last, uh, I would say, five to ten, uh, they haven't even been able to make it to the top fight. So uh, he started coaching those teams and uh, did so well with Rathing, for instance. He, uh, he, kept being, he kept promoting teams, first the Sporting, then Recreativo, which is a, a, a really unthinkable that Recreativo would make it to the top flight and he not only promoted those teams but he ended up in the following season that that usually is very likely that the team that has just been promoted has uh, some kind of uh, hangover effect and ends up being relegated or close to the relegation positions for Sporting, Recreativo and Racing he managed to finish the following season in the top half of the of the standings, and in the case of Racing, they made the the Europa League for the first time in history. So uh, he's been consistently out outperforming expectations since he started coaching, let's say middle middle level teams in in Spain. Um, then uh, he started uh, he coached Zaragoza as well, and and again uh, was extremely successful and. He won the the, the best uh, coach trophy in Spain uh, with with Zaragoza. Then he went back to Racing. He saved them from relegation and and uh, had a fight with the owners. And then uh, had uh, the the only poor spell that he's had uh, in in his managing career with, with was with Sevilla. Uh, he didn't do well. He he lasted for seven eight months and. Uh, could not make an impact. But after that, uh, he had two fantastic spells with both Villarreal and Valencia. Uh, and now you see that the profile of teams has improved. Again, not Barcelona or Real Madrid, but obviously Sevilla, Villarreal and Valencia in the last 10 years uh, have been 
probably uh, top five teams in Spain. He's not. He wasn't coaching bottom of the table teams anymore or promotion teams, but really, really uh, good sides that were playing very good football under under his management. So with Villarreal, um, he was. Uh, again, he was promoted. He took them in in the second division. He he, he promoted them to to La Liga, and he finished on sixth position on the following year. Again, Europa League position, and then uh, Europa League the following year, and then was fourth uh, in La Liga and started to play Champions League football. Then they were they couldn't make it to the knockout stages, but ended up in the semifinals of of Europa League, and they were eliminated by by Liverpool. Um, and uh, then he went to Valencia, and in in Valencia uh, uh, he made it fourth and and ended up in in the Champions League playing Champions League uh, football, won the Copa del Rey defeating Barcelona in the final, and then he had another uh, run in with the owner of of Valencia. So this is another thing that we should keep into into account. He's uh, he's not an easy coach for the management team of the club. Uh, and, and of course, you can also say that most uh, arguments of Marcelino with top level, with top level brass of the club, have been with uh, a bit some owners that were a bit fishy. This is the case of Peter Lim in Valencia, who's uh, really despised by most of the of the fans, or it was the, the case of Ali Seed in in, in Racing uh, a few years earlier. And uh, his last uh, coaching spell has been with Athletic Club uh, from Bilbao. And uh, again, he won the the uh, Super Cup, the Spanish Super Cup, uh, after defeating Real Madrid and Barcelona. Real Madrid in the semifinals and Barcelona in the final. And uh, then he had a, another very successful campaign with Athletic in the Copa del Rey. And he eliminated again. Barcelona and Real Madrid, but was uh, eliminated by Valencia in the semis. And uh, that's so it's a very successful manager in terms of uh, he he delivers always above expectations. And he's had experience with teams that have played uh, Europa League and Champions League football. He's won, he's defeated Real Madrid and Barcelona with teams that were vastly inferior in terms of talent and budget. Uh, the only question mark here is uh, he has no experience whatsoever outside of Spain. He's always coached uh, Spanish sides. Uh, he's already 57, so uh, he's very experienced. But again, this is uh, the biggest question mark is how is he going to deal with, uh, with the dressing room that doesn't speak Spanish uh, first and that uh, how is he going to deal with the media in again in a country where he's going to have to use uh, a second language uh, to get his points across? It's really interesting. There's a lot to unpack there, actually, and it kind of sort of leads me into some of the things I wanted to ask about. Um, so, like, firstly, like he's you know he's there's some silverware there and stuff, so that's really promising. Um, but I noticed like you know you talked about occasions where he's defeated the big the big guns in Spain, um, the Real Madrid's, the Barcelona's in the Cup. And I, I think that's something, um, you know, for Marseille right now, like we've, in the last couple of years has been better, but for, you know, much of the last 10 years, we've gone into games against uh, Paris Saint-Germain and, mm-hmm. you know, Club at Lyon and stuff, our, our big rivals who 
were perhaps um, in a greater position than us, and we've always just capitulated and crumbled on those occasions. Yeah. Um, as I said, it's been a bit better the last couple of seasons, but so he's a coach that I imagine then, from what you're saying, is is quite happy to go into those kind of games looking for a win rather than survival. Really, that that's that's indeed one of his. He loves a big match, and he's able to get players psyched up to play a big match and, and deliver. That that's to me that's uh, that's an obvious sign of Marcelino teams. They don't shy away from from a tough match. Fantastic, and that, I think that's the kind of character that um, Marseille fans will really appreciate. Um, just thinking about his his personality. So you mentioned. Um, He's had some problems with some difficult owners and stuff in the past. Like, what is what is he like as a person, and how is he going to go down with the players, the fans, the the club management? What can we expect? Um, he's very, very down to earth. Again, he's a former player of, uh, I would say mid to low level teams in Spain. So he's not someone who believes he's above anyone else. He's, he's come from, from he's come to management from, I wouldn't say the bottom, but almost the bottom. Uh, and uh, I would say that you will get very straight answers. And in some cases that's been um, not very good for him. There's one point in his biography that's uh, probably the only fishy point that he, he was fired uh, by Villarreal. Uh, I'm not going to talk about uh, the, the Dodge owners, but Villarreal have a, a very steady uh, uh, owner since for the last 20 years. And he's taken, Mr. Rochester taken Villarreal where, where Villarreal currently are uh, with uh, tons of dedication and professional work. Um, he's not a millionaire who's just forking out cash. Uh, They've built an amazing um, uh, youth level uh, structure and they, they're they really uh, consistent with the type of managers they use. And Marcelino was extremely successful with Villarreal. Um, he took them one step farther in terms of results and competitiveness. And it was really strange that he was fired in the middle of the summer um, after they had reached the semifinals of the Europa League and they were fourth position um, and it seems like what what we've heard after that happened, and no one understood the fact that he was being fired, was that uh, it seems like he wanted to help his former team Sporting in uh, in a, one of the final ma- league matches that season. And uh, let's say that Villarreal didn't really try very hard to defeat Sporting. Uh, sporting was uh, trying to avoid relegation, and. Uh, Club management found out that, that uh, Martellino wasn't exactly incentivizing his own players to defeat the Sporting because it's uh, his former team. And uh, uh, when they found out, they decided to cut ties with him. Uh, and that's the only moment when you when, when you can hear something not straight uh, from Marcelino. Uh, all the rest, uh, when he's been fired by Peter Lim or in, in other circumstances, he, he was just calling uh, spade a spade, and uh, that brought him issues. But it was not because he was after a fight, but he, because he was asking uh, for 
better uh, structure for the team to play um, uh, uh, in terms of facilities and uh, uh, training, a better training structure, stuff like that, and that that would cost him in a couple of, uh, of uh, instances that would cost him his job. But um, he's, you can expect uh, very straight answers and uh, a very, uh, I would say, and passionate assessment of how where the team is in, in its moment in the season. Okay. Um, so Marseille is quite a high-pressure environment. Uh, to coach in and to play in um, and clearly he's been at some pretty big clubs already um, I just sort of wonder like, how do you think his character would cope with the demand from the fans and how quickly like, our fan base have turned on coaches in the past when things aren't going well and we've traditionally as well always had a lot of instability around the club although things are quite stable these days do you think he's got the right shoulders to to weather the storm when things get difficult at Marseille? I would say that the most similar experience to Marseille that Marcelinos had uh, was uh, Valencia. Um, Valencia have an extremely demanding set of fans and the pressure in the city is disproportionate to, to even the size of the city and, uh, and uh, the history of the club. The, the club has been Successful, moderately successful in some some spells in their history, but fans are ten times more demanding than their history would suggest. And I think uh, in in those terms, Marseille have that that mem- those memories of of the very successful uh, teams of the past, and they still demand their their team as much as uh, as the, if they were back in the in the in the good times or good good old times and. And I think that because of that, uh, Marcelino is, is going to be able to resort to that that uh, that spell in, in Valencia that lasted a little over two years and that was uh, quite successful indeed. I mean, if you look at Valencia now, um, they're fighting, they were fighting relegation this season. And, and with Marcelino, three, four years ago, they were uh, they were on the fourth position and, and competing with Real Madrid and Barcelona. So... That's where I think Marcelino will try to look back to to see if the the weapons that he used back then and the tools that he used back then can be applied in in Marseille as well with the media, with the fans, and with the team. Okay, um, I'm just going to ask a couple of questions just about the style of football that he brings. So, um, can you tell me about about a little bit about his coaching style, his sort of tactical approach? Um, what does that look like? What kind of football can we expect to see? Well, he he really likes to play either four four two or four two three one. That that's classic Marcelino. Um, he likes to have the ball. He's sort of it's a more offensive style than than defensive. His teams have always been entertaining. Aside. For, from the late Athletic de Bilbao, who uh, were really scarce in terms of talent, but when you see Villarreal and Valencia, Marcelino's Villarreal and Valencia, they were extremely entertaining teams to watch. Uh, lots of movement, uh, lots of ball possession, but not 
um, not sterile ball possession, but they intend to to hurt the opposition. Uh, uh, he he really likes to to widen the pitch and uh, and he, especially he gets very very well. He makes the most out of the talent he has. I mean, again, he, his teams tend to outperform the squad that he is given, uh, and and some of the players start to to shine more than they have in previous seasons. So again, it, it seems like I'm outselling <laughs> I'm selling Marcelino very very strongly, but I, I do believe that he's a great coach. Um, and 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 again, uh, he, he nine times out of ten he over delivers in in terms of his coaching career. So his coaching style is really entertaining. He's he's not a defensive coach by any stretch of the imagination. He's not conservative. And again, in big matches he goes for the jugular. He knows how to motivate. If I'm not very very wrong, you will be entertained by by this Olympic. Okay, um, and is he quite flexible in in his approach, or is he quite stubborn? Like, will he stick to one system all the time, and even if it's not working, or we expect to see him kind of sort of play around with things a little bit? He tends to stick to with the same system, but <coughs> it's not. Uh, I mean, it's a very flexible four four two or four two three one. Uh, players switch positions switch sides uh, in terms of, of uh, in case of the wingers um, and uh, he's a former midfielder so the the middle of the park positions for them are extremely important both the defensive midfielder and the offensive midfielder are are the one who plays behind the strikers are two key positions for Marcelino uh, he will devote a lot of time for those players to be as focused and as productive as possible. Okay, brilliant. Um, I guess, so one thing that we've been thinking about um, as OM fans is we've had this problem actually um, in recent seasons where a lot of uh, teams in Liga will just quite happily sit back and play with a low block and we then really struggle to find ideas, to find space and to break them down. And, you know, you say he's an offensive coach, but... How is he going to? How does his team manage when teams are quite happy just to sit and soak up that pressure? Does he have solutions? Yes, yes. <clears throat> Again, is ball possession oriented, but not for the sake of it. So you will see train moves to get advantage on one side or the other. You will see players. Um, coordinating uh, some offensive uh, strategies for, for them to find some space. He's a very good offensive coach, even when <coughs> teams are happy to sit, uh, to sit back and, and wait. And again, uh, in terms of when he was coaching the smaller sides, uh, they, were, they were obligated to attack, for instance, to get promotion to the top flight uh, the second division in Spain is extremely tough, and plenty of teams of teams are happy to sit back and wait. And uh, he really has options, and he gives the team uh, a, a number of tactical options for them to be able to to open to open up uh, opposing sides and and score. 
Okay. And, you know, you've talked a lot about him being quite an offensive-minded coach, but can his teams defend as well? Or do, or do they get caught out and are they left exposed because of how attacking they are? If, he's, if he has some weak spot, is more the 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 defensive structure. Not that he's not uh, a decent defensive coach, because he is. And, and I mean, you don't you don't defeat Real Madrid or Barcelona if you don't have a, a very good defensive structure. But he's better go he, he he's better going forward than backwards. Uh, he, yeah. I mean, those Villarreal teams or those Valencia teams, in some cases, were caught uh, trying to score the second or the third goal, and they would leave some space at the back. And so those things are th- those are the the issues that he may have with the team more than actually not not finding uh, a, a, an offensive solution to score. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um. So. Just thinking about players and stuff, you mentioned that he's done really well with the resources that he's had at different clubs, often you know where, where they've not had a lot of money. Um, so it sounds like he's the kind of coach that can do the best he can with what he's got. Um, I'm just thinking about what's he like at... Well, firstly, like, we've got a sporting director and president that just love to sign players from all over the place, and there's always... <laughs> little bit of uh, uncertainty about how well they fit in with the coach's plans um, and I sort of wonder like so he's quite flexible about you know he's not very rigid necessarily about wanting the exact certain types of profiles of players and I guess also is he is he good at developing players uh, like especially younger players has he got any track record of that uh, two things there I mean his last job was with Atlético de Bilbao, which is a team that has um, such a such a pe- peculiar way of, in terms of recruiting, that uh, the limitations are huge. I mean, Atlético only hires uh, Basque players, players from the Basque region, be it uh, the Spanish Basque country or the South. Of France in the frontier with with the border with Spain, uh, that limits uh, the number of potential Athletic de Bilbao players to something like uh, half a million people total, um, and that includes <laughs> men, women, and kids. So it's not like he could uh, he could have many options to sign new players, and and even with that. Limitation. He's been able to 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 work very well with Athletic and have some decent results. But the fact is, he if he doesn't have the right resources, he will speak up. That may create some kind of of uh, tension with the sports director or with the club management. And at the same time, he's very good developing players. He was outstanding with uh, Villarreal. A number of players who are now playing first uh, first uh, team uh, with Villarreal were promoted by by Marcelino. In his time with Valencia, uh, he did exactly the same. He found two or three jewels uh, from the Valencia youth teams that, that ended up playing top-level football with him. Um, and he will, I mean, 
he could be complaining because he doesn't have the right resources, but in parallel, he will be working with uh, the youth teams. He will get, will get really involved uh, with the youth teams. He loves uh, uh, to, to promote youngsters and to see who's uh, doing well and who deserves a call up for, for, the, for the first team, etc. He will get really, really involved with that. Fantastic. Um, I've just got two final questions. Um, one of them, I'm just thinking, like, why haven't bigger clubs come in for him if he's so highly regarded? Why do you think that might be? I have no idea. He may have a reputation of of fighting uh, and again speaking up in terms of of tough situations. And uh, but the fact is that after Athletic. Uh, he's pretty much run out of Spanish teams to coach other than Real Madrid and Barcelona. Um, if you think of, let's say, that uh, upper middle class of Spanish teams, that today includes Villarreal, Sevilla, Atletico, who's got Simeone, and Simeone is not going to go anywhere anytime soon. Um Probably Valencia were down this these last couple of seasons, but in terms of fans structure uh, and uh, and push, Valencia are probably uh, are no doubt a, a top Spanish side. So Marcelino has really coached all of them. Uh, there's really after Athletic, maybe Real Sociedad, but again Real Sociedad have a, a, a pretty pretty good coach right now in Imanol and he's been there for three four years. He's not going anywhere anywhere anytime, anytime soon. So in Spain, he's probably run out of teams to coach unless he would go back to one of the teams he's already coached. And those positions are right now well taken care of. Um, so unless he would accept a lesser job in Spain, he had to go somewhere else. And that, that's that's probably why, uh, why this uh, Marseille opportunity. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so finally, uh, just sort of wondering what the reception might be in Spain regarding this move. Do you have any ideas about what the Spanish press or public might think about him going off to France? Well, it, it was a surprise. I mean, no one expected him because, again, <coughs> he's 57 and he had never tried <coughs> um, going abroad to to coach. But um it's uh it's it's good news for spanish managers because he's uh, he's a top team in france and uh, a very good uh historical side in terms of european football etc so uh the move was uh, well regarded in in spanish media and now uh again as we mentioned that that's the question is still out there that that how is he going to do with a dressing room that that mostly doesn't speak Spanish or the 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 language is uh, a completely different one. And how is he going to deal with that different championship? Because, of course, he, he knows La Liga by heart, knows every player, knows every coach, and uh, he's going to completely new uh, tournament with uh, where everything is different. So it's going to be a, a challenge for him and uh, let's see how how quickly he's able to adapt uh, to League One uh, after so many years in Spain. 
Brilliant. Okay, so I think that's all the questions I've got. Is there anything that you want to say before we wrap up? Any final comments that you've not mentioned already? No, I'm. I'm I mean, I really like the guy, and uh, I'm, I'm. I've always been really entertained by by the way he he coaches his sides. I, actually, I believe that he was the one who started Rodri, uh, Manchester City's. Um, midfielder who's now obviously scored in the final of Champions League and uh, and and is now uh, a very well-known figure. But uh, Villarreal had Rodri uh, loaned from Atletico, and I think he's uh, Marcelino was the one who gave him an opportunity again. He was a he was a midfielder when he played uh, back 30 years ago, and he knows uh, when uh, when a midfielder is is a top-level player. Rodri was playing with, uh, as I started with Villarreal, when he was 19 years old. Again, uh, another uh, another example that that Marcelino likes to keep track of who's doing well in the youth teams, and when they deserve a promotion, he's uh, really happy to do so. <coughs> so again, I'm I'm glad that that he's taking this this opportunity and is going to uh, try himself uh, somewhere else and and. Really rooting that that uh, that he works out because again uh, it's he has an entertaining football style and, and he will if he work if if this move works out I mean you're gonna have fun with with your OM uh, this season. Brilliant, yeah. Um, I think the midfield is quite an interesting question actually because um, there's talk about us being close to signing Condogbia. Um, from Atletico Madrid, and yeah, I guess the question marks over the future of players like uh, Matteo Guendouzi, who might leave, who's kind of fallen out of favour last season, stuff like that. So yeah, it'll be kind of it'll be interesting to see if, who he prefers, you know, because we've got a couple of good, solid, experienced midfielders in there as well already, and whether or not he'll trust them or want some new blood in. Well, I, I find that, Eduardo, that was really helpful and really positive to hear all that about Marcelino. It sounds like an re- interesting coach for us, a good coach, um, and hopefully a safe pair of hands. But, you know, as you said, like he's, he is transitioning to a new league, a new country, a new language, where he's never done that before. So only time will tell. But he certainly looks to be, have the right kind of pedigree for a club like us. So re- re- really interesting, really helpful. Um Thanks very much for joining us. Um, just if people are interested in anything, just you know that you're writing, they can find you on Twitter, can't they, Eduardo Alvarez? I will, I will share your um, Twitter handle details when we share the podcast episode uh, on um, when it's out. It'll be out tomorrow morning. Um, yeah, and I think that's kind of it. It's the first time we've, we've recorded anything for a while. As I said. Uh, we will have our awards at uh, TMV Awards episode next week, hopefully. So please do do check that out on it as well. That's usually the sort of fun episode of the year. So looking forward to that. And yeah, thanks everyone for listening and uh, see you next time. Cheers. Thank you very much. <laughs>